Welcome back from the coffee break. We are in week two in our series in this season of Advent. And if that's newer to you, maybe you're, you're newer to church and maybe even you've been in church for a long time, but the, tr- the tradition that you have known most personally did not follow along in the Advent season. This is just the four Sundays leading up to uh, Christmas. And it's a time where we as the church can connect to the waiting and the looking and the longing for the inbreaking of God's kingdom. We can look with hope, but also acknowledge that God, we need you. We need you here with us, among us. And so I am grateful to be uh, sharing out of uh, week two. And this idea that we have is that this season, the Christmas season and the story of Jesus born is the reality that God's heart is to be with us. His plan since the beginning has always been to be with us. God with us. And today I want us to look at this idea that God meets us in our dreaming. God meets us in the midst of our dreaming. And it is in that place he invites us to understand that love grows. That the work and the reality of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is a growing of love. A growing of love. And so we're going to be in Luke 1. We're going to continue reading out of the gospel of Luke in this time and in this season. And we're going to pick it up in verse 26. It'll be on the screen behind me. And uh, as always, uh, you can use the YouVersion Bible app. It's a free Bible app if you happen to have a smartphone. Or they still print Bibles. And you can get one, and you can mark in it, and you can read it, and it's good. And we believe God meets us in the scriptures. And so here we are, Luke 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Okay, pause right there for just a second. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, so we're picking up the story in real time. Last week, Alan gave a great message to open up this series about how God is with us in the ordinary and meets us with hope. So if you want to go back and you read and what happens, Luke 1, kind of 1 through 25, you'll get the story of Elizabeth. But the thing that we need to note here is this is a remarkable work of God that Elizabeth is pregnant. It is a miracle of God writing the story. And so we see her story start to intersect with Mary's story. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Think about you. If right now you like leave here, you go grab lunch, and you're going to gear up for your afternoon nap, and an angel of the Lord appears to you, how are you going to handle that? How are you going to feel with that sort of revelation and presence. Well, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. 
He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Sounds like what we were singing about this morning. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. A compelling story that we're interacting with this morning. A a reality that God reveals who he is in his word and his plan in real time and in real space with real people. And I don't want us just to read this like, oh, isn't that nice? And oh, isn't that lovely? And isn't that wonderful? And like read it from a distance because I think there's something for us in what we see in the scriptures and the powerful reality of this story and this encounter. And I think it would be easy just to kind of go like, Mary, you are highly favored and you are blessed. And that is true. But think about her life for a second as we set the stage for where we're going today. Mary was in the moment of her life of dreaming big dreams that get completely redirected. God's work in her life and God showing up took her as an engaged young woman dreaming about a wedding to being pregnant before she was married. Could you just, is it just me or would that create like a little bit of trouble in your own soul? Like what is happening? I was just minding my own business. I just, I mean, what is this? What is this? Have you ever thought about that? Like the biggest dream, like for her in her day and time and culture, this would have been the thing and it gets completely redirected. Completely redirected. And I just have to ask you, in your life, have you ever dreamed dreams that got redirected? Have you ever had dreams of your own soul and heart and it felt like, God, what are you doing? Where are you? And what's hard is now she's being confronted with a God that's revealing himself very present. God with us, redirecting dreams. Redirecting dreams. I just think the surprise and the disruption, and, and I would just believe Mary's going, uh, excuse me, uh, hold on one second, this is not the plan. I mean, I was already setting up my registry on the knot.com, and we were trying to get bridesmaids. Like, we had the whole thing. It was going to be a big party. Not the plan. Not the plan. One of the things that this confronts in us is God's 
work and God's presence sometimes disrupting our ideas and our view of the world. And I think it's pretty interesting here because we get this really powerful moment where what we read in the first part of Luke, it begins to intersect. And so we begin to see that her story is not hers alone and your story was never intended to be yours alone either. Because we begin to see that Elizabeth's story becomes really important and God's beginning to intersect and weave together a more compelling story of hope and of love. And so sometimes we think, man, life's not going according to my plan. And man, I'm not getting what I wanted. And my dreams are not only being redirected, but they're being disrupted and they're being shattered. And the question is, do we have a creator God who sits above it all? And we begin to step into the story of a God that is alive and is active and at work. And so what we see is the testimony of Elizabeth. The testimony of Elizabeth becomes hope for Mary's story. And the testimony of Elizabeth begins to show Mary how to walk in confidence that God is active in her life in this moment. That God is active in this moment. And I think what I would hope for us today is that we would begin to step into a story where we are willing to show ourselves a little more humble in God's presence and go, I'm not really sure what is going on, God, but if you are with me, maybe the story you're writing in my life is a story I can embrace. Maybe God is closer to you right now than you realize. And some of you might go, "Ah, Kurt, I could use an angel, actually. (laughs) Can you dial that up? Can that part of the story be my story? In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a people in a place. God has always been moving among people in a place. And that's the hope we have today, that God would reveal himself to us, his people, in a place. Verse 36 says, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. What I know of spending time with people and what I know of my own story is that there are certain dreams that come with a more significant weight for our life and our identity. For feeling like we're having the life-giving life, some of us have set up certain dreams as the ultimate thing that will tell us my life was what it was supposed to be. And life becomes really hard when those dreams go unrealized. When we live under the weight of disappointment that the dream we have is not the reality of our life. As I was reading the scriptures this week, I found it interesting to me that it says in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth unable to conceive. Elizabeth probably knew pregnancy loss. Probably knew miscarriage. And if you've ever dealt with that, if you've ever walked through that, what you know is if you are fortunate enough to begin to have a vibrant pregnancy to term, every day you think is the day it's going to end before you get all the way through. There's something about our hearts and our minds that once we know disappointment and once we know death, it's hard to know other. 
So I thought for Mary, this encounter with God that feels so unreal and is so overwhelming and is absolutely redirecting the course of her life, good news for us, actually, that it was the confidence and hope in a story of transformation that would have been a horrific story to bear until redemption broke in, in Elizabeth. And I imagine it took six months, and in that moment, it's a little bit hard to kind of go, well, maybe this is going to happen after all. They hadn't yet got the 4D technology that we get today. We need each other's stories. We need the reality of God meeting you a little bit ahead of me so that when I'm unsure and I'm lacking faith and I have doubts and I have all the disruption of my dreams not being met, I find my hope in a God that is with us. And I find my hope in you and your story of God being with you. This is how love grows. In the sixth month of her pregnancy, in the perfect timing of God, the angst and the waiting of Elizabeth, the perfect timing for the coming of the Lord to Mary. And I will be honest with you, one of the things I struggle with most is God's timing. He seems to not consult me regularly on that one. That's yeah, good news for everybody, actually. It's good news for me. So my question to us as we kind of keep moving through the text is this. How might God speak love and care to you today in your story? When the big dreams you have are currently bigger disappointments. Where the big dreams you have are maybe bigger disappointments. And if you're actually one of the fortunate ones sitting in front of me right now going, actually, I got no disappointments. Let your story be hope that God is good and that God is present and that God is active. Tell the story of God and his goodness in your life. Because I think in this intersection of timing and story, we see Elizabeth having endured decades of disappointment so that the angel could point and say, Mary, even now, when you're unsure, let the faith and the reality of me moving in Elizabeth be a reminder to you that I'm with you. We need those who have gone before us in this faith journey. We need people to tell their story of God's encounter. Because it is this story of encounter that we experience in this season, and then we, as witnesses to it in our own lives, need to be that story of encounter to the people around us so that people would know God loves us, and he has freed us, and he is with us. And they can take your word for it. You don't just have to take Luke's word for it. They can take your word for it. And then my question as we look at the life of Mary is how can we become the type of people where love grows? How can we become the type of people like Mary where love grows? Think about this for a minute with her. She's been planning this uh, wedding. She's pretty excited about it, I would imagine. I hear that's what happens. I imagine in that day and time, there was a lot that went with it that was good. And the first thing that happens for her is surprise. Surprise. We actually all need this in our faith story. We need a surprise of God that's bigger than our own ability to control it. We need a God that is bigger than our control. 
we need to be surprised. We need the edges of our comfort to be stretched to a God who can create, to a God who can resurrect, to a God who can come in the flesh. We need our boundary lines stretched beyond our control so that we can embrace a God who is in control. She was surprised. Wouldn't you be? I mean, I, I, love, I love the honesty of this. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Anybody else? Anybody else troubled if this is the proclamation of your life? Ladies? I don't know. The guys are like, yeah, I mean, Joseph got it easy, right? It's the wonder and surprise. Here's what I love about Mary and what I think has just been a word. This is a word that God's been speaking to my heart over and over and over and over. Here is how we become the kind of person, and here's how we become the kind of people where love grows. Humility allows love to grow. It is humility. And what it is is a posture that says, I am receptive to God. I am receptive. My heart is soft. The soil of my life is soft. And in a moment of encounter, I won't give it the Heisman. I won't just stiff arm the angel and go, nope, doesn't fit my framework, doesn't fit my category. That's beyond me. And I shut it out. I begin to humble myself so that the love of God can grow in me and through me. I am receptive to the story of God. I'm receptive to the redemption of God. I am receptive to the word of God. It is humility. And what I think is beautiful about humility, I've been thinking about this uh, for quite some time, and in the last couple weeks, what struck me is humility makes room for somebody else. Humility makes the way for relationship. Mary is distressed and troubled, yet in her humility, she makes room for the angel of the Lord. She makes room for the word of God. She makes room in her heart and mind and life for love to grow. Are we doing the same? Are we asking for more humility in our lives so that we can be receptive to the work of God in our day and time, in our life, in our mind, in our emotions, in our relationships, in our work? Name the place. God wants to come and be with you, and it's going to be humility. Humility will allow love to grow. Here's the next thing I love about this is it's honesty. Honesty allows love to grow. In my honesty with God, I am known by God. Mary says, I'm troubled. Have you ever told God you're troubled? Be honest. Have you ever told God you don't really like what God's doing? or not doing, or where God is or isn't? Have you ever tried to boss God around? That's actually probably healthy if that's how you are in your heart and in your mind, like, let him have it. You want to know why I say that? If God can't handle you and your honesty, we're all in a world of hurt. If God cannot handle you and your questions, if God cannot handle you and your confusion, if God cannot handle you and your anger and your confusion and your frustration and your disappointment, if God cannot handle you, God cannot handle the world. And I am putting all the chips of my life onto a God that can handle it all because I know I cannot. Humility and honesty go hand in hand. Honesty is like I allow God to know me. 
In verse 34, let the scriptures encourage us. Mary says this, How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Like, God, you created. Help me understand. I've been obedient to you. I've been faithful to you. How will this be? A great question we can regularly ask God is where? God, where are you? Mary didn't have to deal with that one as much. God was right there. Angel of the Lord. How? How will you do this? How will you lead and guide? How will this be? When we are willing to ask that kind of question, we have humility, we're receptive. In our honesty, God, I want you to know me. I have questions about how this is going to work out. We get the invitation that we all struggle with, and it's obedience. We can be humble. God, I want you in my life. We can be honest. God, I need you. I am a sinner. I, I struggle. I, I, just, I just don't see where you are in the world. The incredible thing about Mary is her obedience. Because it's in obedience that love grows. And what we communicate is, I am willing to participate in God's redemptive story. I'm receptive, I'm known, and I'm willing to participate in God's redemptive story. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. When we grow a life of humility and we understand that in God's presence, honesty is the best gift we can give God. God with us is that God speaks to us and shapes us and engages with us and invites us to follow, which then means I am willing to participate. I begin to make room for God to lead and guide, for God to speak and shape. And I am not doing it for God. I am walking and allowing God to do it for me. Your word to me be fulfilled. And when you speak your word, I will say, yes, Lord, here I am, your servant. Obedience, which calls me right back to humility. And then I've got to be honest about the life I'm living. Am I living in obedience to God? Am I surrendering to God? Or am I continuing to fight and struggle and call all the shots? So then I need to get honest. And I need to live into obedience so that I can grow humility. And all of this allows love to grow because we're joining in the character of God who is love. And if God is increasing in my life, then love is increasing in my life. And the one who can orchestrate all the stories and put you with the person six months to the day. The one who holds it all together. The same God who hovered over the waters in creation. Hovering over us, overshadowing us, where we need the creative work of God now by his spirit. The same God who spoke and expanded all of creation 
speaking to you here and now, speaking to me so that the word of God would be fulfilled in all of our lives. And the impact of that is that we continue to tell the story of Elizabeth. And I'll be honest, I don't think any, well, let me back up. That would, be, that would have been unfair. I don't know that I wanted Elizabeth's story, meaning wait for decades in disappointment and then get this compelling breaking in of God and his kingdom and then I become this shining light for the world and I become a shining light for Mary. Would we choose that? I don't know. Do we choose Mary's story? How about Joseph? I mean, what kind of hard work had to be done in Joseph for the love of his life to grow towards the one he was supposed to be betrothed to? What kind of trust had to be worked on? Like, this is so good. This gives us hope that God is with us. And here's what I love. Here's the thing that we need to be encouraged by because if we will allow this story not to be an ancient thing but a present reality, then the gospel, the good news of Jesus gets proclaimed loudly by more people today than back then. That's good news, guys. That's good news. Here's what I see about love growing, God with us. God with us is what allows love to be real and present and possible. And you need to know this today. If you have doubts, it's okay. Bring them. Because when God shows up with us, he understands we're going to doubt. Jesus walked with doubters all the time. Jesus walked with sinners. The angel of the Lord comes and meets Mary in her doubt. How will this be? It doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. God loves us when we doubt. If you've been struggling with doubt today, I want you to hear that God loves you and you do not have doubt bigger than God's ability to care for it. God with us reminds us that he loves us when we doubt and God with us reminds us that he loves us when we are afraid. Mary, troubled by what she heard and the greeting she received, the immediate interaction is do not be afraid. So what are you afraid of? In the dreams of your life, what are the fears that try to take over? And in humility and in honesty, have you said, God, I need you to come? I need you to come. I've had some different fears in my day. I've had some different inter interact interactions and interesting things that have happened. You know, part of our story is pregnancy loss. A number of years ago, I was invited to go speak at a marriage conference, and I'm standing on the stage, and I put a picture of our family up, and the way I tell our story is the thing that you cannot see, and I share about our pregnancy loss, and we had a particular kind of pregnancy loss that was called an ectopic pregnancy. I just shared our story, the hurt, the pain, the disappointment of dreams, and a couple comes and meets me after I get done speaking, and they said, this is happening for us right now, and I've never in my life met anybody whose story was this. It's not the story we wanted. 
it's not the story we picked, but what we see is God's kindness meeting us in the midst of it because it's not about the story. It's about the one writing the story, God with us. God with us so that in our disappointment, God is with us, and in our delight, God is with us for all eternity. God with us. That love will be the song that never So if that is eternity, if that is the thing we long for in Advent, for the fullness of his rule and reign, the fullness of his kingdom coming, the fullness of every tear being wiped away and no more death and no more dying and no more destruction, if that is what we long for, let us become the kind of people that do it now. Live with God and let him come to all the spots that are not yet fully redeemed. Let God come and work and write your story because he is active and God loves you. God with us allows love to grow through us when we allow love to come in us. In us to go out of us. In us to go through us to others. Your story is not just about you. It gets multiplied out when you share love, when you share hope. When you share disappointment, it comforts somebody in their disappointment. When you're just a few months ahead of somebody on their journey, you can see things about who God is just around the bend that maybe they're having a hard time seeing. And that's what church does for us. That's what community does for us. I remember in the midst, again, of a disappointment and a difficult time where dreams were being shattered, somebody came alongside and they said, we will hold on to faith for you when it's hard for you to hold on to it for yourself. That's good news. So where do you need God? And how might we live this out? One of the things that I think we need to embrace a little bit better in our, in our faith journey, no matter where you are, wherever you are, if you, this is your first time in church and you are going, I don't think I believe any of this, but I thought, eh, why not? Let's just see. If you would consider yourself as far from God as you could possibly be, all the way to go, this is the closest to God I've ever been. What will help serve all of us and the people around us is that we would know our God's story. We're proclaiming Mary's God's story. We're proclaiming Elizabeth's God's story. You have a God's story to share, and we need to take time to know our own story, which is where has God shown himself to you? And what I love about the scriptures is you don't need it to be really long. You don't need it to be really big. You just need about a one-sentence God story. I was blind, and now I see. It's powerful. That's like one of the God stories in the, in the New Testament. I was despairing, I found hope. I was alone, I found community. I was lost, and now I'm found. And the hope of Scripture is that God moves to you. God pursues you. God came to Mary. God comes to Elizabeth. God was there in the garden. God comes for us in his redeeming love. God comes and pursues and says, I want to know you. I want to love you. I want to free you. Our God story is, look at what God has done for me. And if you know your God story, I would encourage you to share it. I need Elizabeth's story. I need Mary's story. I need Joseph's story. I need Jesus' story. I need your story. And the people that you will see on Tuesday morning need your story. 
Thursday afternoon and when, you, when you're in your beloved Zoom meeting, even there, people need your God story because we get to proclaim God is with us. That's the hope of the gospel. That's the reality of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, the Holy Spirit. I will send the advocate, the counselor to be with you. And then he says, I'm coming for you again. Know your God story and share your God story. Of all seasons, every retail store sets the table for you because they're going to play the Christmas music that you love. The story of God, Emmanuel with us, is all around. If your dreams are being shattered, God is with us. If your dreams are being redirected, God is with us. And his heart for you is that you would know his love. You would know his love. And that we would be a community that lived that out. So where is God meeting you this morning? In this season of your journey, where is it that God is saying, I'm with you? For some of us, it might be humility. We need to humble ourselves to God and go, I've been trying to write my own story. I've been trying to do my own thing, but here's the deal, God. I'm going to humble myself in your presence, and I'm going to say yes to you. For some of us, it's just the freedom to be honest, to let God have all your honesty. Trust him to walk with you and care for you. And for some of us, it's just we've got to put our next step where our faith is. It's obedience. It's obedience. And I'm not God, so I don't know what it is for you, but I trust that the way God has worked in my life is that you will just experience this invitation and you'll begin to hear his voice and you can ask others how to do that. You can read the scriptures, but I think God wants to just call us all more into his story. So I want to invite you to stand. This is to signal I'm almost done. It's to give you a moment to, if you're willing to stand, you can stay seated. The seats are good too. If you're willing to pray with people today, I just think, here's the deal. When dreams get dashed, when plans don't go according to plan, that's just hard, and it's really easy to question, God, where are you? And why? And so if you are part of our staff, if you're a small group leader, if you've been trained by our prayer ministry teams, if you're, a, you know, I, I just want you to all come be available. I just want to show a picture of people who are willing to say, I'm here to pray God's encouragement for you. I can see a number of you, so I'm not trying to call everybody out, but I just would love there to be a great picture. And this is what we do every week. We just have people who have been walking with God who will come stand next to you so you're not standing alone with whatever the need is. Where do you need God to show himself? Where do you need love to grow? 
So feel free to come get prayer for anything going on in your life. Do you need healing? Do you need encouragement? Do you need hope because it's just a season of disappointment? I'm going to pray over the whole room, and we'll be done. And I want to give one real fun invitation. If you are newer to the church, this is a first Sunday, and we do a thing called First Steps. You can step to the lobby, and we would love to say hi to you. And We want to just shower you with kindness, like full-size candy bars, kinds of kindness. It's a tangible way that God thinks about you. And that's what this prayer time is, is a tangible way to say God cares for you and so does the community of people around you. You are not alone. And so God, we bless what you are doing in every person's life. Holy Spirit, we trust the truth is that you move towards us before we ever move towards you. There's this picture in the scriptures where where Jesus regularly says, I'm willing to leave the mass for the one, that the, the extravagant love of the Father continually sets his sights on the horizon looking for the one to come home. And so God, whatever it is that's happening, I pray that you would show yourself with us, that love would grow in us and through us. We need you. And I pray that in this season we would experience you as the God with us. We bless your church and your people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.